Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Creating Wellness from Within. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Laura Mazzata about misconceptions of mental health symptoms and releasing the associated shame. So real excited to jump into that today. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion, and I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Laura Mazzata, and she is an expert therapist, a certified Akashic Records practitioner, and Reiki master with over 17 years experience. Her mission is to guide light workers to their deepest, most profound healing using the efficiency and effectiveness of the Akashic Records. Laura is particularly passionate about guiding therapists, coaches, and healers to gain clarity and decisiveness for their mission and purpose. She knows the most successful formula for limitless business expansion is potent core level healing combined with uniquely soul-aligned business strategy. She is here to guide clients in all steps on that journey. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited about this topic. Um, you know, I feel like everybody I meet has a story of being told that their symptoms were basically just mental health related. And, you know, as things are uncovered, it turns out now that's not the case at all. Um, So I'm really excited to jump into this. And I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate today. So yeah, where would you like to start with this topic? Such a, it's it's kind of a big topic. It is a big topic and there's so many layers that we can tackle it on, but you know, it's, it's just that this, the mental health slash anxiety bucket that a lot of doctors throw things in has just become a catch-all when they don't know what's going on with you, you know? And so it's so frustrating because I mean, I I like that they're considering something outside of the, the, maybe the medical symptoms that people are presenting or other things that are going on in their lives. They're thinking outside of the box a little bit. They probably think, because they're thinking, okay, maybe this isn't necessarily just diagnostic within my specialty. Right. But, um, Unfortunately, it's just become that place where everything's thrown when they don't know what's going on. And a lot of times I find that that is because they're just not fully educated. And so that's not their fault necessarily, but it also can, their ego can get in the way. You know what I mean? And, and really being able to look at the client, the patient as the expert, right. And to be Mm, able to say like, even if they ask the question, honestly, it would be so different if they asked it in the form of a question rather than saying like, here's some freaking Xanax, go have a good day. You'll be fine. You know, and instead of, they could look at you and say, you know, to me, I'm getting this thought that it could possibly have something to do with stress or anxiety going on. What are your thoughts about that? Does that feel relevant to you? And then it actually opens up a conversation, 
you know, versus like just kind of throwing you in this bucket and being like, that's what it is. Peace. Have a good day. You know, I agree to a point because I mean, so most people listening know my story that I had a traumatic brain injury, um, in 2014. And after going to the neurologist for about 15 months, she finally sent me for a neuropsych exam to find where my deficits might lie. And the neuropsychologist basically told me I didn't try hard enough on my test because I scored worse than a dementia patient um, and that I was just depressed and that she wanted to put me on Ritalin antidepressants and sleeping pills. And I looked at her and said, well, how's that going to help my brain injury? And she's like, oh, no, you know, I... I feel we just need to address your depression and I should back up because she did ask a lot of questions. Like if I felt depressed or anxious and yeah, I had some of that going on, but it was a symptom. It wasn't the root problem. It was a symptom of a brain injury. And so I just intuitively knew this stuff isn't going to help me. It might mask my symptoms Mm -hmm. for a little bit, but it's not going to help me. Um, And I I see this over and over and over in my TBI world. I see people constantly being told, you know, oh, it can't possibly still be from your concussion. This can't possibly be brain injury symptoms. This is just depression or anxiety. Um, And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I also see that in my clients too, like when they'll have side effects from medications, Mm. the, the doctors will say, Nope, that is not even close to a side effect from this medication. So, and it's like, yeah, but every single person's unique, they have a unique physiology and a unique chemistry and way to interact with chemicals that you're putting within your body. And I know it hasn't necessarily been documented or data hasn't been collected on it in a research study, but that doesn't mean that if their symptoms coincide exactly from starting this medication, that it's not related, right? It's about trusting the patient. And your story totally brings up right after I had sepsis five years ago, I had sepsis in 2016. And um, one of my primary symptoms in sepsis were the rigors where you're just shaking, Mm -hmm. it almost looks like or feels like you're convulsing. And so this continued for a long time after I was acutely septic and discharged from the hospital. And they sent me to a neurologist just, I think it was about 24 hours or 48 hours after I'd been discharged. And I went to him. So I was in full body rigors and he's like, Oh, see, here's some Xanax. You know, this is anxiety. I'm like, dude, I have sepsis. Like I'm still recovering. And then I was back in the hospital twice within the next 10 days because my septic levels were still high. So I'm like, you know, it's just to me, he didn't know what he was talking about. And I, to a degree, maybe he just wanted to make me feel better, but it felt more like just like I was dismissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so my TBI set off a series of other things. And one of them was my resting heart rate was about 120. Yeah. And I went to several doctors and two of them did an EKG, which, I mean, that only shows you a tiny, like, five second glimpse into your heart's activity. Um, and I kept being told your heart's totally healthy. You're fine. This is just anxiety. And I'm sitting there like, but I don't think I have anxiety. Do I? 
maybe I do. Maybe I just don't know what anxiety feels like, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and so they told me basically you're fine. It's just anxiety. Just deal with it. And I mean, fortunately they didn't try to put me on medication at that time, but mm-hmm. you know, fast forward five more years and I end up in the ER twice in one week. I actually had a fib, <laughs> you know, and it's like, just cause it wasn't happening in that moment that my EKG was going on. Nobody cared to dig deeper into it. Mm-hmm. And when I look back in hindsight, it's really frustrating because we could have caught this five, six years ago and, and not ended up in the ER twice in a week. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And thinking more in terms of prevention too. Like let's get to the let's dive as deeply as we can yeah. now so that we can prevent anything coming forward. Yeah, for sure. Because they really, you know, this that same story happened to me literally just this year. You know, in March at the beginning, oh no, anyways, it was the day after Easter. The day after Easter, and I was I ends up I end up in the ER. I'm in excruciating chest pain. My, my arms are numb, like everything's, and I'm in there. They do this whole assessment and I had to fight for them to do an ultrasound of my gallbladder because I said, I think that I, this sounds like symptoms of a gallbladder. They said, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's clear. You have reflux. Have a good day. And so they sent me home and my GI doctor based on that feedback said, well, if it's just reflux, take this medication. I said, I've never had reflux my whole life. How would I end up in the ER with reflux if I've never even experienced it before? And, um, she said, well, if it's just reflux, unless you're, you know, unless there's blood coming up, I don't need to see you. And so I didn't see her for two and a half months. And then she looked at my ultrasound then, and she's like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. You need your gallbladder out like right away. And so I'm like, okay, so I've been in excruciating pain for two months and like having so much trouble. And it's just so, it is so frustrating. And then exactly what you described, it makes you feel crazy. Like yes. what's wrong with me? Maybe I do have anxiety. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I, <laughs> right. Like, and then, and then that creates anxiety. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe and then my heart rate goes up even more. <laughs> maybe I don't know myself very well. Maybe they're right. You know? Mm-hmm. It just becomes this 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 snowball effect for sure. And, you know, it can be so damaging, so damaging in, in several ways, right? So, like in the case of my heart rate, like I could have had a serious incident happen, right? No. Like there could have been something much more serious that happened um, as a result of having uncontrolled AFib. Um, but but the secondary is like just this mental anguish of not having answers, but knowing on a gut level, just intuitively knowing there is something else going on with my body and to just have that so dismissed. And especially when you keep telling doctors, like, I know there's something else. I think we're missing something. And they almost are like insulted by that. Right. Oh yeah. Um, where actually they should be embracing that. And cause you do, who knows your body better than you? Nobody. Mm-hmm. And embracing that and, and acknowledging when they don't have the answer instead of just simply writing it off as mental health. Yeah. And I, I love what you just brought up because what you just brought up was it's funny. Don't we try to teach like our children and the people that we love in our lives to trust themselves and to trust yeah. their gut and to know that like, 
you know, empower them to be their own creator of their own reality and lives and all of this. And then you go into a situation like this and they, they, they question your trust in your signals. Mm-hmm. And then you start to trust your signal in that moment if you're not super confident and like super rooted in it, right? And a lot of people aren't because let's be honest, when you're not feeling well and you haven't been feeling yeah. well for a while, you're vulnerable, you're more vulnerable. Yeah. And then that sucks because you're you're feeling, and this is one of the things I caught myself in too, is I'd be in that space where when I went to a specialist or I was going to get an opinion. I was so eager for answers, close to Mm -hmm. desperate for answers. Cause I'm like, I know something's going on. Like I know something's wrong with me here. Like for me, I developed POTS right after sepsis. And so I had my heart rate was all the way up there too. And I was almost passing out all the time and all this lovely stuff. And I was like, I know something's going on. I know there's a deeper root here, you know? And so I would go in, but I'd just be like, okay, okay, this is my answer. You know, like I'd be so looking for that answer. I'm so eager for it. And then they give me the answer and it would latch onto that. And I'd be like, okay, okay, good. Like this is going to work, you know? And it got me into this space where I was really attaching myself to their feedback so tightly because I knew something was wrong and I was like determined to get the answer, you know? And so it's been really good actually, because this process has taught me to rely on myself so much more boldly than Mm -hmm. I ever did before and have a sense of like, personal agency and authority and confidence that I never had before this experience unfolded. Mm, Yes. And, you know, you're so right. We, we try to teach our kids and we, we try to lead by example with trusting that intuition and trust your gut. And, you know, in so many situations, I, I would never question my gut, right? Like if my gut's saying, get out of here, I'm going to get out of there. Um, Right. (laughs) <laughs> but then when it came to like my heart rate, it's like, okay, something's not right. Like, but you know, the doctors just kept telling me you're fine. Your heart's totally fine. And, you know, and fortunately my heart is fine <laughs> and, and we've, Good. you know, hopefully corrected the, the, uh, the arrhythmia, but you know, it could have been so much worse. There could have been a terrible outcome from it. Um, and, you know, ending up in the ER thinking you're dying because your heart rate is 200, um, you know, that's traumatizing. It's very oh, yeah. traumatizing. Um, and, you know, I think that's part of it too, is working through this trauma that we sort of unwillingly accepted because our doctors are, you know, diminishing how we feel and diminishing, um, our feelings and, and telling us, oh no, it's just in your head. Um, you know, it's just anxiety. It's just depression. It's, you know, this, this isn't a real thing. Um, and so how do we start uncovering those layers of trauma that we've been through? Cause I mean, I'm sure some of this has started when we were kids and, and weren't even like, consciously aware of what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we start peeling back these layers and, and healing from it and moving forward? Yeah. So there's a couple of thoughts here. And again, there's, there's layers to peeling back the layers, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so one of them is honestly, it's going to feel like you're taking a risk when you do this, but it's you being your own advocate, right? And being able to very boldly state, even if you're shaken in your boots inside, right? Like being able to boldly state, 
I know something's wrong with me. This is the test that I'm requesting. Doing your own research, even physiologically, into what's going on in your body and the associated things. Now, I know doctors get frustrated when people are Googling all their symptoms and everything, but right. educate yourself in whatever way you need to, okay? And and just, just ask, right? Like, don't hesitate to ask. That's number one is being your own advocate and going to going to get more than one opinion, going to different types of doctors, like a functional medicine doctor, mm-hmm. a naturopathic yes. doctor, yep. you know, to be able to really get somebody who I like functional medicine because they have their toe in both worlds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're able to really be able to see both sides of it. Um, but finding someone who you can have a conversation and relationship with, not just, oh, I'm a number, I'm a case. Like, pay that extra money, even if it's not covered by insurance, if you can advocate for yourself and, and develop and cultivate a relationship with someone. So they get to know you because when they get to know you, then they're not going to just see you as clinical data, right. That fits into a certain category. And so that's one is just like developing relationship and allowing yourself to be an advocate. Even if you're not fully feeling it, you're feeling hesitant, just take the action, do it anyway. Okay. So that's like the human piece on the top. Um, The other piece of this is being able to, I think, go through a huge forgiveness process for yourself, for the medical system, for specific doctors, for the times you've doubted yourself or questioned your gut, because what's the worst case scenario? Like, so your gut says, oh my gosh, I think something's really wrong, wrong with my heart. You follow through on it. You find there isn't something wrong with your heart, but doesn't that help you? Like, doesn't that help you to just have that answer and to be able to rule that out and ultimately empowers you to know I had something that was showing up consistently. So now I responded to it and did something about it. My body can trust me right? I talk to my clients all the time about cultivating this relationship with your body, having conversations with your body, because your body is not going to feel safe and feel like it can rely on you to take care of it. If it keeps bringing up these signals, either emotionally or physically, and you repeatedly dismiss them and ignore them because you're afraid of how you're going to be viewed, or you don't know how things are going to unfold. And so that is such a gift to your own empowerment and releasing that trauma of staying silent, right? It's almost like we get vicariously traumatized through seeing other people going through this in the medical system Mm -hmm. too. And so we're like, oh, that's not going to do anything for me. So I'm just going to shut my mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a big piece of it. The other thing is, I think this is critical, critical. And I think it's critical for healthcare providers as well to work on intuitive development, develop your intuition. Your your real uh, get a real intimate understanding of what does it feel like when I get that gut feeling and I know I'm on point. How do I differentiate that from my thoughts? How do I differentiate that from anxiety or just somebody else's like energy or or opinion getting in the way? Yeah. How do I know what is confident clarity for me? And the only way you know that for sure is to really develop your intuition to a point where you are so solid on what that gut response is for you, where you have a clear yes and a clear no. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting when I first had, I I've always been very intuitive 
and especially uh, for myself. And when I first had my brain injury, I, it literally broke my intuition for a while. And mm. I was kind of like, what's going on? And, I, and then I, and then I had a hard time trusting it as it started yeah. to come back. Cause I'm like, is this really my intuition or am I just thinking this is my intuition? Right. Um, and then, and then it, I feel like it almost came back even stronger. Um, but it definitely got impaired for yeah. uh, probably close to a year. Um, and I was kind of, I was really worried that wasn't going to come back. And, and that was bothersome to me because I realized so heavily on my gut, um, yeah. and my intuition. I love that you're sharing that though, because yeah. what it, what it does is it really shows people how much you can regenerate. Right. And because yeah. Yeah. intuition is not something that we lose access to ever, you know, it's always infinitely available to us, but there's going to be times that we either choose to not access it or cultivate it and put up our own blocks or our own resistance, or we are so present in our bodies because of something physical going on that it can interrupt the process, but that yeah. it's never gone. Like some people will say, Oh my gosh, I think I'm regressing. I'm like, there's no such thing as regression when it comes to <laughs> intuition. Like there's no such thing. It's just a matter of kind of like getting the spark and getting that fire going again and blazing more boldly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think as a child, I didn't fully understand what my intuition was. And sometimes it kind of freaked me out that I would know things. Um, yeah. and so I kind of pushed it away for a long time. And then as I got into maybe like high school, I was like, okay, this is kind of, cause then that's when you start learning what intuition is and, and clairvoyance. And, um, then I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I want to nurture this more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, I think some people have it. Well, like you said, we all have it, um, right. but some people are experiencing it and it might, it might be scaring them a little bit. Um, but that's where you just need to like lean in and really embrace it. Um, yeah. It's, it's there to help you. Oh, a hundred percent. It will always steer you in the right direction. And to be honest, it's funny because I've had a lot of clients, a lot of clients who have presented with this very high anxiety and really what it ends up being is their intuition mm, or their intuitive abilities. Interesting. But they were confused and they yeah. like, and the anxiety. So they were confused about what the anxiety was, which created more anxiety. And then they were like, <laughs> right. wait, you know? And so then it was, we were able to, once we were able to clearly identify what it was and start to cultivate it, it was just like the veil of anxiety lifted. And it was like, this is what's been there all along. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know what to call it or like how to access it. Or I thought it was weird or there was something wrong with me. And so I stuffed it and, you know, like that comes forward a lot. And the other thing that I was going to say earlier, when we were talking about the medical piece is I can't tell you how many people I have seen with these chronic mental health issues, whether it's bipolar or personality disorder, anxiety or depression. And I tell them over and over again, I'm like, friend, you need to go to the freaking doctor and you need to get this test run, this test run, this test run. And it's so amazing how many of them get dismissed in that, in that space. Yes. 
And I swear, I know with a hundred percent certainty that this is not just mental health related, especially when they're so young and their families are, yes, there's some dysfunction, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to the level of what they're presenting. And I'm like, there is no way that there is not a biological or physiological underpinning here that needs to be explored. Yep. Yep. And just get creative about it. You know, um, we, we were introduced to each other through Dr. Maggie, Yu, who has been on this podcast. Um, she had encouraged me with my heart stuff to get, cause they, they did check my thyroid right away. Cause that, that can definitely be, um, a cause of high heart rate. Um, and I, I might get them wrong, but I think it was like T4 and free T3 or something free like that. T3. Yeah. Um, and she, she's like, your doctor may or may not agree to do this. She's like, and, yeah. and I have a chiropractor who I know would have done it, but then it wouldn't be covered by insurance. So I went to my doctor first and he's like, mm, yeah, I can see where we might want to look at that. And he did order it. Um, right. So I was really grateful that he understood that connection too with the heart. Cause um, I can guarantee my older provider that I'd had previously probably would not have um, yeah. you know, ordered that test. And it's like, yeah, what, you know, what does it hurt them to order the freaking test? I know like there's no harm in doing it. And mine <laughs> ended up being perfectly fine, which yep. was great. Um, but it gave us information, right. And the more information right. you have, the better. And I, and I'm so glad you brought up Dr. Maggie too, because she's a perfect model and example of what I was just saying before, which is when things present for you, number one, get curious. Number two, get creative. And she does those things beautifully. Yes. Like something comes up with her cat and she starts to <laughs> research it and be like, oh, okay, you know, like something comes up, get curious about it. Instead of going into freak out mode and, oh my gosh, what's happening to me, go into interesting I wonder Mm -hmm. what that's coming up for right Mm -hmm. now at this moment in time, aligned with all these other things that are occurring in my life at this moment. Like, interesting. I don't believe in any coincidences, right? Like, it all comes up at the same time for a reason. So getting curious about that. And if you're not able to find, like, the lesson or the understanding or the symbolism under it that way, that's when you start to get creative. All right, let's explore this. Do I explore this physiologically? Do I explore this emotionally? And, And thinking outside of the box, because I promise you, there's always an answer. Always. Yeah. There is yeah. always an answer infinitely available and so many resources to find it from. It's just putting yourself in the mindset to look for them. Yeah. And anyone listening, if you have not listened to that podcast with Maggie, you, um, I yeah. believe she's episode two, definitely, you know, go back and find that episode. Cause she is, she's, she's amazing. She's pretty brilliant. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, and she's an MD and so, um, an MD who's chosen to go more of a path of functional medicine and, um, she's just brilliant. But Laura, thank you so much for being here. This is such a great conversation, such an important topic. Um, Anyone who would like to connect with you, um, your website is the akashictherapist.com, which I do have a clickable link in the show notes. So anyone can click through and find that link, but tell us, you know, what are some of your offerings that you have going on right now? 
right now, my, my favorite offering right now is my retreat that's coming up this October. And I'm so excited because this has been a long time coming and the ability to tangibly be together in person to really safely and comfortably work through these really deep layers of healing is honestly a huge gift to yourself. Huge because you're getting away from distractions, from the chaos of normal life, you know, all the things that keep you away from diving into that deeper work and devoting this time and energy to yourself. And there's virtual tickets available too, so that if you can't come in person, you still have access to the modules and the material and some, and you'll still have live access to a Q&A to get more unique individualized feedback. But that's my absolute favorite offering right now is just being able to dive in and, and heal at the deepest level for yourself. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with our listeners. This has been a wonderful conversation and thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast and it will help others who are on their own wellness journey to discover this podcast. So thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you all in the next next episode.